Hello, everyone, and welcome to Untangle, the meditation podcast from Gaiam. I'm your host, Patricia Karpus. In this series, we introduce you to real people with extraordinary stories and experts who have devoted their lives to teaching and helping others through meditation. In this interview, Emily Fletcher, founder of Ziva Meditation, sat down with Latham Thomas. Latham is the founder of Mama Glow, which she describes as a destination for hip, expectant, and new moms to explore optimal well-being and to celebrate pregnancy and motherhood. Latham is a maternity lifestyle maven, birth doula, and yoga teacher. She's here to tell us her story. So Latham founded an incredible company called Mama Glow. Mm-hmm. Among many other things, she's a doula and a yoga teacher. And if you don't know what a doula is, and I'll let you explain because I know you can do it better than me, but it's basically like an advocate for the parents, an advocate, someone that can be a liaison to communicate what your intentions are for the birth. What we want to chat about today is basically how you, how you use meditation with your clients in maybe fertility, pregnancy, labor, postpartum, and and your mission. But I guess to start, thank you for being here. Oh wow! Thank you for having me. It's an honor. <laughs> and how did you come to be Mama Glow? How did this <laughs> come to fruition? Well, um, it's a very interesting journey, Emily, actually. So my son, who's now 12, he's going to be 13 this uh, July, I was pregnant with him and I was living in New York City, but being from California. So I wanted to have this really like hippy-dippy kumbaya birth experience that really felt like I was at home, you know, in California. Um, I actually was really blessed to witness um, my mother my great aunt and my aunt all pregnant at the same time when I was four years old. And so seeing sort of those generations of women pregnant at the same time, having babies consecutively um, over March, April, and May. And and this is like, I think 1985 was, yeah, five was the year. And so seeing that sort of unfold and the magic of that and sort of like what you experience as a child, there's not not a lot of limitation to like the bounds of what the mind can, you know, imagine. So I had a lot of ideas about it, but nothing that um, that made me afraid of the process. And so my cousin and I, we would play and our dramatic play was really just delivering each other's babies because that's what we were seeing. So we'd stuff little Cabbage Patch dolls under our shirts and then we would um, deliver each other's babies and then nurse them and because and it was what we were seeing, you know. Um, and so that would sort of become the rudiments of my interest, you know, in maternal health, but also just like this, um, like a like a keyhole into like what the power of the uh, female body really is all about and sort of what's been kept from us as our power. Um, I was tapped into that at an early age, seeing my mom like basically overnight like have a human. I was like, what? How does that happen? And I was very interested in that. And I didn't know that, you know, when I was that age, that that would be like the rudiments of my work with Mama Glow. But it just lodged inside of me, you know, someplace. And and it awakened once I sort of took the journey myself. And I realized those connections again later on in life. And I think this is something that's different in the West because, you know, if we were living in a tribe or if we were living in a community, by the time you're 20 years old, you might have witnessed 30, 50, 100 births. Yes. And you might have attended, you might have had your role. 
because we're designed to be in community and supportive. But when you see mothers postpartum, right, a real sort of psychic and um, I would say existential dilemma that comes to surface is like, where is my community? Where is my tribe? Which is a primal need, right? To feel supported, to feel seen. And um, so, yeah, I think like you said, we would have seen that, but we would have also have been received in that when it was our time. So I'll, I'll tell you what originally got me interested in, in birth, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because I took a philosophy of feminism class in mm. college. Mm-hmm. And the teacher said that the way that most women in the West give birth, you know, is in a hospital bed on their back, mm-hmm. legs up. And she said, this is not because it's the best position for the mother. It's because it's the most convenient position for the doctor. For the doctor. <laughs> right. And I remember rage, like every cell of my body got ragey. It's not just a, a woman's issue. It's not just a children's issue. It's a it's human rights. It's a human rights <laughs> issue because this yeah. is the first memory that every human has, mm-hmm. and and so as I've been you know learning more about it, and my friends have you know invited me to to help them through their pregnancies mm-hmm. from with, with the meditation. So now I'm curious as to what role meditation has to play in your work mm-hmm. and. In, in the labor process, do you ever use it with people who are trying to conceive or with postpartum? Yes. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So, I mean, meditation, as we know, so at the very beginning you mentioned, um, you know, this state the mother is in um, when she's in active labor is uh, the exact same state as uh, meditation. So the first sort of cycle that the brain moves into after moving out of beta right um in the alpha waves to get there you have to be in a place where you feel um safe um where you feel unobserved Mm -hmm. and where you feel sort of supported like swaddled with love right and to get there right you need certain um conditions to be met right the same conditions that it took to get pregnant to begin with right so low lighting good music, nice scent, right? Soft, cushy, warm space, right? Quiet, um, maybe a little sultry music, you know, or chanting, but even with music, something repetitious and rhythmic, right? Um, Circular, right? So that it kind of helps us to get in the flow of movement in our body and out of our thinking brain, like you mentioned, right? And into the primal brain. And so what meditation does so beautifully, um, it's really just like yoked for the birth process so well, because um, if women entrain themselves in this practice, right, of doing something over and over and over while they're pregnant, when they move into the state of labor and they're calm and they're breathing and they're connected to the body and with the breath and with the knowing, right, they can move through that process and experience a completely different outcome, have a completely different awareness and memory of that experience. The memories that the maternal memories are lodged in the tissues of the baby, right? And so the soul, the mother's soul, um, if she's unsettled, if she doesn't feel good, if she's stressed, like that obviously translates. We can see that in terms of stress and, and how that translates to the baby and how the baby um, develops later in life. Um, but we can also see that very 
instantly, right, in the actual birth process, how that can turn on or turn off certain um, hormonal processes and how that can speed up or slow down certain um, bodily processes. So can you explain this? So you're talking about the stress of the of the labor itself or the stress that's the going stress on of in the, mom, the mom's? Yeah, in the mind or mm-hmm. the perceived stress, right? Mm-hmm. So, so labor in and of itself is stressful on the baby, right? So, but it's a different type of stress. So when we talk about stress, I don't like to say good and bad, but perceived stress like threatening, right? Life-threatening, mm-hmm. something's coming to eat me or I have to run away from it or fight it or this, so this sort of stress, right? Which is designed to protect you. And then there's stresses that the body puts you through that actually help with growth, right? So if you look at um, when a baby cries, um, the sternum opens, a chest thrusts forward, the spine actually extends this way, right? Lengthening and expanding, right? So they're like in Urdva Mukha, right? When they come out, right? They come out this way and then they cry eventually. This is like expansive. It's opening, right? It's allowing them to move blood and lymph and any fluid out of the lungs. It's and like their first cry. primal chant. Yes, their first, their first song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that allows them to get all of that out. And then when they're ready, what do they do? They go back, they contract, they go into that fetal position that we all return to that fetal position at some you know time or another in life. And they, they go to that and that actually, when you reverse the spine in that way, it calms, right? So it's like activating the parasympathetic nervous system. You calm down. So it's awakening or softening two different aspects of the self. Um, but the stress that the baby feels internally is stress of the waves or the contractions, right, which are helping the baby to move out of the body. Mm-hmm. So it's just stress that the baby comes to get comfortable with. And there's certain um, biological mechanisms that make it tolerable, like less blood flow to the brain, so the brain's not doing too much cognitive work, so that it doesn't actually freak out the baby. Mm-hmm. And for the mom... Ideally, we're not saying it's like a walk in the park for everybody because there are real sensations um, that can be very intense for some people. But again, if I ask you to hold in your hand ice, right, and I'm like, okay, this is really intense. I'm so sorry. It's going to hurt. It's going to be really bad. That feeling of ice in your hand, you're going to want to drop it right away. But if we like, I've coached you through with language and visualization and just like tell you it's going to be okay and like let's count and let's, you know, just like use our breath and get through it. You can just hold the ice. You'll forget about the ice, you know. So it's sort of like helping using meditation as a pathway for, um, for peace at birth using it also as a pathway to connect to the primal body so to get out of your thinking brain in that moment you can move into that cycle of breath and drop inside of yourself and actually transform where you're headed you can allow the breath to proceed where you want to go and then you can change right that cycle so mm. you can turn that off and i think that's what's so amazing is that in in pregnancy, like everything that you do is amplified, right? And you experience it like in that moment, like 20 minutes later, like you, it's like you can see the effects of what you ate. It's like, oh my God, that didn't feel good or I feel great or I'm sleepy right away in pregnancy. So 
So with the effects of the breath work, right, like right away, you can see like, oh, okay, like within, you know, maybe three breath cycles, you already feel a shift, right? Yeah, and your so, feedback loop on your body is so much oh, faster. It's so much faster. Interesting. It's so much faster. And and when moms can can use that, when they can understand that they have that power, like that's huge because no matter what the circumstances are and what the outcome is, the maternal satisfaction is there because they have that foundation, right? So whether you've had to go through a C-section emergency or whether you've had, you know, the birth that you wanted or other things happened in between, it doesn't matter when there's that when there's that practice that's like sort of at the base. So I think it's just really important to have these tools and so and we have ancient tools in our toolkit, right? So beautiful. So I, I got to attend a neuroscience conference a few months ago and there was one study that blew my mind mm. and it was about mindfulness, specifically mindfulness meditation and pain. Mm-hmm. And I know that you know this, but I just am still wrapping my brain around it because it goes to when you said the thing about the ice, mm-hmm. right? Like putting the ice in your hand and if you have the tools to handle the pain, you can just hold the ice. Yeah. And so in this study, they they had four different groups, people that were taught mindfulness, people that were given a fake uh, pain relieving cream, people that listened to books on tape, and then people that were taught like a sham meditation, like fake meditation. Interesting. And here's the fascinating thing. The, the analgesic, the fake analgesic pain relieving cream, the pain and the stimulus that people were given was 120 degree heat on the back of their calf. Oh, interesting. And so they were all given the heat to start. And then they were given either the one of the four things, and then they were given the heat again. And the people that had the fake analgesic cream, their pain receptors dropped by 3%. And then the people who'd listened to the book on tape dropped basically none. The fake meditators, their pain perception dropped by 20%, That's huge. which is equal to morphine. Right. The mindfulness meditation people dropped by 40%. Wow. Double morphine. Of course. And it's like, and we're just writing this stuff off as hippy dippy nonsense of like, oh yeah, you know, medicine knows best. And it's like, wait a minute, we have these ancient tools. Our bodies know what they're we have doing. Our pharmacy inside. Yes, I love this that you say this internal pharmacy. What do you call it? Your, your in yeah, your internal pharmacy. Internal pharmacy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I just love that. I think this work is so important. So so let's say that I'm a client of yours, which yeah. fingers crossed I will be soon. Yes! <laughs> and let's say I'm coming to you. Uh, I've just found out that I'm pregnant. I want to start building a relationship with a doula. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you tell me to do with regards to meditation? Would you have me start a practice right away? What would that look like? So I would say uh, right away, it's just an assessment to just sort of see. And then we start really just simply like with um, – reading materials, like some things that we want them to check out so that just to expand their mind a little bit on some principles. We'll use um, a lot of evidence-based research that has science so that we can get people to soften around some of these ideas so that they could be open to trying new things. I like to start to work with um, looking at um, the things that make you most happy, the triggers. We look at fears and then we look at um, pain points. And those are sort of like the barometer for what areas feel safe for you. And what does that mean, pain points? Like physical pain or things in their life that are causing them some sort of emotional pain? Both. Okay. So if you were to be upset by something um, where you tend to find yourself most constricted, if you, um, and then also if you have any physical pain that you just live with, 
that's important to know too. Um, trauma points mostly though. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, and that is information that is really important because it comes out and it's amplified during pregnancy. If it's not dealt with, it shows up in labor. So we see some beautiful examples of that, that we can actually troubleshoot because we have information. Like it's like an index. It's almost like having indices for people so that when things happen, you can understand um, that it's not cognitive, that it's like lodged in their tissues, mm-hmm. right? And and what that really means is that um, we have this opportunity for like 40 weeks or 42, whenever your baby decides to come, mm-hmm. we have that time to really allow ourselves to release what's what we're holding on to that's anchored in our bodies that doesn't belong on the plane it's so, sort of like i think about when i go to the airport i like to travel light i hate checking bags and then i also hate carrying baggage in life so i make sure that i can only carry if i have a carry-on that's whatever's in it that's what we're taking if there's more stuff it can't go right so i think about like this like you're on this journey you can only take so much with you what are you going to take and you're going to cross a threshold into motherhood what's coming with mm. Right, because this self who you are now will no longer be, and it's a rebirth. You become someone else, right? And so, and you're still yourself, right? Like the soul is the same, the essence is the same, but the um, there's an emergence, right? Yeah, you're birthing yourself into motherhood. Your child births you into a mother, yeah. Mm. So I think that in that forty weeks, you get to mother yourself. Right. And you get to deal with what is stuff that's unresolved. Right. And so we look at that first because then that gives us fodder for like, what do we want to actually work through or practice? Mm -hmm. Because some people, if you just say like, okay, we're going to move into this state of mind. It's like, well, what am I focusing on? What do I need to release or what do I need? Sometimes people need something to actually place upon their palms and be like my intention is to be kind to myself my intention is to love my right like they need something so we bring all this stuff up so that we can figure out like how are we going to deal with this and if this is here on your lap how are we going to make that beautiful it's like what would be the thing in someone's lap like a like a picture of someone or um it doesn't even have to be physical but i mean but like something that like is that you feel like you're sitting with and holding right it could be metaphoric but Whatever that thing is, right? So if if it's like a relationship that didn't work or like I had a client, for instance, who um, she couldn't get pregnant for the longest. We started working together right away. She got pregnant. The father did not actually want a child. And so when he was going through this whole thing with her of like, yeah, like this is great. Like, yeah, in like two years or whatever, it happened right away. And we did all this amazing work together and everyone told her she couldn't have a baby right away. Like two months in, she got pregnant and she was like, he's not with the program. He just wasn't. I ended up being there for the the, the labor and the birth. I ended up signing the birth certificates. I ended up doing everything as if the partner was there because he was not. And so she went into this whole process as a single mother. Now, and I'm a single mom. I have a son. We were... We separated at when my son was three, right? But, you know, we were together the whole time and everything was amazing. I couldn't imagine actually having gone into it with a partner and emerged as a mother with no partner Mm -hmm. because that was so intense to watch. Now, for her, there was so much work to be done around forgiveness 
And it took really years, right? But during the process, I had to keep reminding her to come back to the fact that this baby was marinating in this energy of hate that she was having for the father. So we have to, every time these thoughts come up and you start to feel your breathing constrict and you start to feel yourself getting this way, you start to feel like bubbling up with anger, you have to, that's a trigger. You have to stop that. You have to actually acknowledge that that's happening and figure out where you want to go with it. Absolutely, you have to get it out. So we did a lot of work around that. And, um, and I would say that she was not open at first to meditation was like, please, like, I don't need to meditate. I need to like, she's I like, need, I need a divorce attorney. <laughs> right. Like, I need, yeah, it was like, we don't need to talk about this right now. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but like, think about like how, and so what I, what I also did and what I think is also helpful is talking about the benefits for people. I bet you'll sleep better at night. You know, I bet like we could find ways to help you get to sleep so your mind's not racing. I bet you could feel more composed when you go into the courtroom. And so I was using different ways to get her. And so we would do all these little exercises and she it really made her better. She's in a state of forgiveness now and she's, I mean, everything's fine. But it it took her a while and we had to find, had to find ways that really resonated for what was going on in her life. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say we really take stock first and really just see like, okay, so what, so who, is, so who are you, right? What's on your heart? What's sitting underneath, you know? And to really examine what's gonna make most sense for someone. Um, so that's what we would do first. And then um, we like to work on um, visualization techniques that really also feel reflective of like what's going on in your life or what really bonds you with your partner. Um, Some of my favorite ones have been like um, when I work with people, often they'll tell me stories about how they met. And so within that, like I'll gather certain data. And so there's like a couple that um, that met like on cliffs or something. It was a really beautiful like landscape. And so what kept coming to me was this whole cliff and 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 then the waves hitting the cliffs. And so when we went through this birth, it was like, I just want you to take her on this journey to the cliffs. And so what would happen was like now like oxytocin, which is a love hormone, like reminding you of like where you met, like engendering these ideas of like warmth and love. And and so that came up for her. She was like, oh, and it would relax her. His voice would relax her. And then breathing together. And so we'll do that work together. But then I have the couples do it together. And then in the in the labor, I record the breath work a lot. And I think, it, I mean, you should try that. It's amazing when you hear. So you make a recording of you guiding them through the breath work so they have that. And their own the breathing. Yeah. Like I'll oh. just hit it and you'll hear just of like. their own breath. Of their own breath, the sounds. And so you can, you can listen to like this arc of sound, right? That is essentially like an, an ohm, you know, that's just sort of rolling and um, and I think it's really interesting because that's also something that you can use to help a baby sleep, that you can use to, yeah, it's really beautiful. I mean, it, once you get into sort of the trance of it, mm-hmm. it's um, it's really rhythmic, right? Um, because of what's happening through the body. So I'd love to chat a bit about the state of trance, like the state of mm-hmm. consciousness mm-hmm. that the mother goes in. Because what I teach is a self-induced transcendence style of meditation. Mm-hmm. So I basically give people tools to help them automatically access this fourth state of consciousness. 
But what I'll tell people is that they can even be meditating through their entire labor if they already have a practice. Absolutely. And anytime they're not in active contractions, they could just be doing whatever that technique is. Mm-hmm. So I think it's so important that you, you know, start to learn things before beforehand so that when it's go time, you know, you're able to, to rock that. Something that you said in one of your talks, you said that in the brain the pain center and the pleasure center are right next to each other. Yes. And so that if in labor you can, you know, get that pleasure center kicking and firing, you can sometimes override the pain. Completely. Can you speak a little bit more about that? Because I think a lot of people just assume that labor has to be this torturous, painful thing. Totally. You know what's unfortunate about that? It's sort of like... um, It's one of the... it's, It's one of those things where it's like the biggest mis truth right like we think like okay so pain if we think about pain I think about okay if I stub my toe or if I get a cut or if I burn myself that's that's painful Mm -hmm. right Um, but then I learn the lesson okay so then I know okay that I don't touch hot stuff right you learn labor and and birth right is the only sort of um, sensory experience where we don't lodge in our memory the actual sensations to to like we don't we forget them and we forget them like shortly after birth but we still have um almost like the psychic memory of pain that's collective because people keep telling stories and keep um having repeat experiences yeah it's like they're proud it's like they want to share their war stories they want to share war stories and they want to find unity in that in that exactly and so what happens is like if i'm you know fine and i hear something it's like in a collective experience like i expect that that's going to happen to me so i'm prepared for that harmful or like painful thing to happen i'm also opening myself up for like another outcome that wasn't probably what I wanted because I'm taking in all this information and I'm really vulnerable. So that's why I think it's like one of the times too where moms need to be really good about boundaries and like, and mindful of storytelling. So what would you say? So let's say I'm pregnant and I'm running to my friend on the street and I'm, I'm, I'm pregnant. I'm yeah. so excited. Mm-hmm. And then immediately my friend starts telling me her war story about her painful, horrible birth. What what boundaries, what could I say in that moment? Gotta go. Yeah, gotta go. I say, you know what? I want to stop you right here because um, what I've been trying to do is just really like keep my mind really placid around this experience I've read a lot of things, people share a lot of things, but I'm trying to right now, you know, keep my mind really placid. And so I think that um, it's like one of the biggest ways that like we've been tricked into thinking that we're incapable and that our bodies are flawed and that, oh, and it went like this. And well, it went this way because we're having babies within a system that's not designed to honor a mother and a baby. It's just, it's like, it's designed like it's a, um, what do you call those conveyor belt factory. things? A factory. So, yeah, like if you want to turn a bed really fast, you're going to be like, girl, like I'm giving you like two more hours and then I'm giving you Pitocin and then we're going to figure out what we're going to do because you've been in labor too long. What is too long, right? So, you know, the rhythm of having a midwife or someone who really does honor the and, and, and respects the body's rhythms, having that kind of energy or a doctor who also has that kind of consciousness and can respect the body's rhythms and also allows in doulas and you work together so that the woman is in a safe 
space to be able to do like let this process unfold um then she's going to have the kind of experience no matter what the outcome she's going to have an experience where she feels honored when we get into a state of active labor what kicks in is this it's almost like you shut on this valve or like this this like you like you click on this like setting where these downloads of information, and it sounds like out there, but it is really it's information. Real. Yeah, your right brain wakes up, which is where we Completely get the, our downloads and our ideas. All of it comes through you. Mm-hmm. And it's not in the form of language, like you spoke of earlier. It's visual, it's 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 sound, it's 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 everything else is heightened, but language is not off the table, which is why like when people start counting at, when you're pushing is like really bizarre because like numbers don't make sense. And it puts a mom like having to think when she should just be really in her body. But it's really feeling, it's scent, it's sound, it's movement, right? That gets us through. And um, and if you have that alone, you can have a baby. I love when people read my book, but I don't want them to get too educated because there is a such thing as being too smart. And it, like the too big for your britches, too smart kind of thing. The too smart is like getting too in your mind about the process to where now you don't trust because you're like, oh, well, this and you're trying to like muscle your way through with your brain. The process has nothing to do with thinking. It has everything to do with feeling, listening, softening, opening, grounding. It is not about being way up here. It's like dropping from here right back to your root. Right. So it's like the reverse. And I think that women need to feel safe. They need to feel protected. They need to feel surrounded by love. They need to feel unobserved. If they can, if they do not have those basic conditions, they cannot get out of their thinking brain because they're only thinking, am I safe? Is someone coming? Will I be okay? If they're thinking like that, they cannot give birth. Mm -hmm. And this is why when your thinking brain is active, you are not, you're, you, the, there's blood flow here. There's too much happening cognitively. Your, brain, yeah. your body cannot actually open. Yeah, you want that blood and energy going down going to your Going down, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I think, this is, I think this is a great thing to close on because it, it's the big takeaway that I had from listening to you speak, which was the conditions that you had to make this baby are the same conditions you need to let this baby come into mm-hmm. the planet. <laughs> so right on. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge and your passion with us. I feel like I thank could listen you. to you all day. So I'm definitely going to check out your book even before I get pregnant. I'm reading Yay. Mama Glow. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you, Emily, so much. My pleasure. Right, let's all go have babies. (laughs) Thanks so much to Emily and Latham, and thank you all for listening. We look forward to sharing more inspiring stories on our next episode. If you'd like to know more about Latham, check out mamaglow.com and her best-selling book, Mama Glow, A Hip Guide to a Fabulous and Abundant Pregnancy. If you have feedback or suggestions for guests, email us at untangle at guyam.com. And don't forget to check out Meditation Studio by Gaim in the App Store. See you next time.